Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there is a lot of mountain climbing in our readings today. And perhaps that shouldn't surprise us very much, because we all sort of assume that encounters with God or intense spiritual experiences are often best had at high altitudes. Isn't that where the holy man and the guru sits, up on top of the mountain? And don't we often imagine God himself atop some mountain, either literal or metaphorical, waiting for us to clamor up to him? And Moses went up the mountain, and he did encounter God there. He entered right into God's holiness and received God's righteous law, and he was transformed by the encounter. So much so that when he came back down the mountain, the people, even his own brother Aaron the high priest, could not stand his presence because of the light of God's holiness that reflected from his face. They could not bear to be in Moses' presence with that light because in that light there was nowhere to hide. In that blinding light of God's law, every corner, every dark recess, every secret lair of their hearts was shined into. Everything was revealed. Everything was judged. And everything was sentenced. And all that was revealed fell short. And everything that was judged was found wanting. And all the sentences were the same. Condemnation. In that unmitigated light of God's law, they found little hope. But instead of crying out to God for his mercy and his grace, they veiled the face of Moses. They covered up the light of God's law to tame it and contain it and make it more manageable so that maybe they could begin to believe that they might be able to live in God's presence. They might be able to keep his law. They might be able on their own to be good enough to climb up the mountain. Now, we might think that we have a better chance than they do of getting up the mountain on our own. We, after all, have more than Moses. We have Elijah, the words of the prophets, and better than both, we have Jesus. With all of that, shouldn't we able, be able to get up the mountain on our own? Shouldn't we be able to keep the law and be good enough? But the truth is, even when we encounter Jesus and Moses and Elijah, what we really want to do is build them dwellings, is put them in tents, is hide them behind curtains, is veil them just as much as we ever veiled Moses. But then, always the voice comes from heaven. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. No, it's not listen to them. It's not, now you've got Moses and Jesus and Elijah. You've got the full set. You're ready to go. No, it's just listen to him. 
And when the voice speaks, Jesus is there found alone. Now that's not because what Moses and Elijah said and wrote was wrong or bad. It was God's righteous law and the prophetic implications of God's righteous law. But it's because the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, find in Jesus their fulfillment and their end. Peter and James and John, who have been taken up the mountain by Jesus, can there in that light look upon the glory of God with unveiled faces. For them, Christ has removed the veil. The light that they look upon is not the light of the law, the condemning light that shined from the face of Moses, but the light that radiates from Jesus is the light of grace, that fire which burns but does not consume. Christ has removed, he has set aside the veil for them. And he has set aside the veil for us as well. So that we too might look on the glory of God. And not just look upon the glory of God, but as St. Paul says, be transformed ourselves into that very glory from one degree to another. Now those degrees of glory, some of them are pretty hard to discern. And a lot of them don't seem very much like glory at all. But we have to remember that Christ's glory is shown not just on the mountain we read about today, but on that other one called the place of the skull. You see, we can't have one degree of glory without the others. Not in Christ, and not in the world, and not in ourselves. Following Christ, becoming Christ's glory always means taking up our cross and going where he went. Following him to the cross and through the cross and beyond the cross. And if we want to get to where we're going, we cannot stay on the Mount of Transfiguration. We cannot dwell in that glory because greater glory awaits we must go down from the mountain. We must set our faces toward the Mount of Crucifixion. We cannot wave the palms of glory forever. For each of us, they became, become brittle and dry. And we must consign them to the glory of the fire so we can know the glory of bearing the ashes as well. Palms and fire and ashes. Transfiguration and crucifixion. They are all degrees of that glory. And they all lead us to the ultimate glory of Easter and resurrection. But wherever we find ourselves, be it on the Mount of Transfiguration or the Mount of Crucifixion, or everywhere in between, we can know that on this journey we always walk in the light. And not cowering behind some veil from the condemning light of the law of Moses. But boldly, 
with unveiled faces. Following on, bravely basking in the light of Christ, which is the light of freedom and grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.